BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You'll be able to do a penis segue, segue after all I'm about to say. Uh, in a different country. <laughs> what a sentence. Bhutan! Boo bloody tan. About bloody time, more like. Oh, two weeks in a row now, with uh, puns at the start of um, the episode. Well, well, that wasn't a pun, but... Uh, well. Yeah. Also known as Land of the Thunder Dragon. Oh, God, yeah. Love that. That's going to be my new metal band. Just what? Thunder Dragon or no, Land gonna, of the... I'm going to start a metal band and call it Land of the Thunder Dragon. I thought, I thought we already had a metal name. Uh, the, oh, it was something Crows, wasn't it? What was it? Remember the, from the Finland episode? I remember talking about it. I we were, can't remember. Oh, what was it? Oh, we did have one. It, was like the auti- it wasn't the autistic crows. But it was like- <laughs> Dyslexic. <laughs> there was something crow. Well, clearly it's not that memorable. So we're going to... Land of the Thunder Land- Dragon Land of the Thunder Dragon. Pretty gnarly. Um, so I've completely fallen in love with this country after doing doing some reading. It's that, it sounds like the greatest place on earth. It sounds... I think if, if you're ethnically Bhutanese, yeah. Uh, w- w- what do you mean otherwise? Because like, they, they expelled like 100,000 people. Didn't read that bit. I was the, just in, reading in, the nice stuff. In the 1990s. What people were they? Uh, they were a uh, um, a Nepalese minority people group. All oh, right. Well, like, coming over here with your Nepalese. No, I, I mean, I didn't realize it was. They, they did that. That doesn't sound very nice. But but there's loads of nice stuff. Yeah, about there's loads of nice stuff about it. We're not going to whitewash it all, but we'll whitewash a little bit. We'll put an undercoat down. I think for it. those who don't know Bhutan, you have to understand that they were a very like closed off country, completely yeah, isolated completely. until like what the 1970s? No, yeah, 1970s. 1970s. Yeah, yeah. Which is really recent in terms of you know history and countries and wars and diplomacy and all that. <laughs> it was the, it was the first the first thing. That ever showed Bhutan on on TV was um, the king's coronation in the seventies, so that was broadcast. That was the first thing that was broadcast out of Bhutan. But ironically, couldn't be seen in Bhutan. 
because yeah. they didn't get TVs till the 90s. <laughs> yeah. They're the last country to introduce TVs. Well, it's like the it's like the polar opposite of Mauritania's last country to get rid of slavery. Yeah. Um, and they got the internet now as well. Good for them. Yeah. Well, if they want it, it's good. If they don't want it, then it's not good. It's nice to have the option though, isn't it, Ed? Yeah. Oh, it, there's a French comedian who uh, did, said one thing like ages ago that I really... Really stuck I, with you? Yeah, it, it stuck with me and I kind of apply it on so many things. Uh, he said... The problem when you don't smoke is that you don't have a tr- choice to smoke or not smoke. But when you're a smoker, you can choose to smoke or choose not to smoke. And you just got more options. I personally don't smoke. <laughs> I, I don't think your but French the, comedian has ever smoked either. The lack of opportunities that I'm experiencing by not smoking. Yeah, there's lots of things you can smoke as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Not in Bhutan. <laughs> Yeah, not in Bhutan. Not in Bhutan. It's illegal. Um, the Tobacco Control Act of Bhutan was enact- enacted by the Parliament of Bhutan in, on the 6th of June 2010, came into force on the 16th of June. It regulates tobacco and tobacco products, banning the cultivation, harvesting, production, and sale of tobacco and, pra- <gasps> and tobacco products in Bhutan. <laughs> See, if you didn't yeah. smoke, maybe you'd, you'd be, be able, able to say I don't smoke anymore. That's the <laughs> you just bloody wipe. I do bloody wipe, and I bloody love it. Um, and yeah, you can you can end up with a big old slap on the wrist and a big fine for not for smoking. They did relax the laws when COVID came around because obviously the best way to fucking treat a pulmonary disease is to allow people to smoke. But yeah, so I read that, but I didn't understand why. It's something to do with India, right? To bring joy. Seriously, but, um, well, well, we'll get to that later, but but with like utilitarianism and sort of in, indices. I, uh, I saw a lot of um, while I was looking at the the smoking stuff as well. A lot of the what is it, the beet beetle seed or something? The red, it's like the chewing tobacco stuff that they have. Yeah, that happens all across Asia. I can't remember uh, what it's called. Yeah, yeah, Be- yeah, yeah, yeah. Beetle yeah, yeah, yeah. something. I, I can't remember. Beetle. I know what you mean. Um, beetle nuts. Yeah, beetle nuts. That's it. Um, that's very, very popular. It's kind of used instead of smoking for the most part. Um, Is that like that bit of like oh, tobacco you put no, in? It's like, no, it's, like, it's, it's like, a, like a nut and you just chew it and it stains all your teeth and it gives you like a slight like buzz. I don't want to say it. Yeah, those things. Obviously, I've never tried the beetle, beetle nut or whatever. But I'm sure you've tried that. Um, Is it the snus? Oh, snus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. That. Fucked no, me up. I'm it's not, incredible. I'm not a big fan of snus. I just couldn't. Like, I tried it once, and I but I was quite drunk, so it probably didn't help. But I thought, you know what? I'm just going to try for a few minutes, see how it goes. I, I swear, I, it was if, 30 seconds. I was like, I'm going to die. Like this is it makes it, me so anxious. It burns. Uh, have you seen the cavities that some Swedish, some Scandinavian people have from snusing for years? Isn't there like fine glass or something? Is it is that it where it like does really fine cuts and that's how it gets into your into your? Oh, I didn't know. I don't know oh, about I that. Don't know. That sounds horrible. Mm. Uh, My friend Axel, most Swedish name ever. He 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 snusses quite a lot. Snusses. Um, I don't know if it's a verb. It will be. Um, I I can't believe it's like so easy. It's just illegal, like kind of cigarette substitute. It's mental. It's so strong. But I, I who just, does it? Who does it? In, I never like. I see it on sale in shops, but who's buying it? Here, well, here, yeah, you can buy in, it. In, in, you can buy it here. You can buy it in Cardiff, yeah. Huh. 
But in the UK, it's not very in, popular. But like, like you said, Scandinavians and northern, like northern European people, they love, love that shit. Dara, it's grim. It's horrible. It made me so anxious. Anyway, Bhutan. Boop. Um, if uh, if that picture was not as centered as it is, uh, we would be able to read what the fine is. But it's just behind Kevin, so I'm not sure what the fine is for getting uh, for for smoking. Um, What's the currency in Bhutan? It's the uh, zongha. No, it's not. That's the language. The currency. Oh God, it's hard. Ngultrum. 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 And it's uh, there's one hundred. Chakertum. In Ngultrum. Sound like you kicked something down the stairs. Uh, <laughs> or just some IKEA furniture names. Yeah. I don't know. But that's what, well, that's what I'm trying to read here. Um, okay. I'm not very good at. National Day is on the seventeenth of December. Ah, we missed it by like four months. That's a shame. Five Nailed months. it. Um, I, I, uh, if you nip back onto the flag, Bataan's one of, uh, well, one of one sovereign nations with a dragon <laughs> on its flag. One of two nations with a dragon on its flag. Obviously, the dragon is um, Druk. Druk. So, for those who who don't know the Bhutanese flag and are listening to this, uh, it is two orange, uh, two triangles. One one orange, one yellow, with a black and white, very detailed dragon. Um, and Tom, just before you go into what it means and stuff like that, completely unbiased, uh, which flag do you prefer, the Welsh flag or the Bhutanese flag? I think it's a really tough one, to be honest. I'll, well, I'll be honest. I've got a favourite. Me too. Aesthetically, the, the dragon on the Bhutanese flag is a better dragon looking. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the Welsh flag is just better. Why? What what relation does the dragon have to Wales? Because that's where they're from, isn't it? Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the kind of dragon. I, I think it's. I think it's. Um, what they like Henry VIII's royal standard was the red dragon. I prefer Henry, Henry the dragons but in the mountains. I, I have to admit that I don't think there's a much like cooler like medieval side than a castle with a Welsh dragon like that's just look it's, it looks so cool mm. it's come a Cardiff Marathon got loads of them uh, but oh, it's, the it's, colours it's, that's is a cool, much cool. cooler sight there's <laughs> <laughs> not much but that is the the colour the colours are like and it's almost I don't know it's beautiful it's just stunning it looks a bit I love that it looks a bit made up whereas the Welsh one looks just plain enough to be normal mm. Mm, it looks it's pretty made it's up like yellow and gold like it's you don't see those colours very much on, on other flags. Not at all. You like, don't, and also you don't see you don't see a lot of very detailed drawings. No, that's um, true. Um that don't look shit. Like not like just like yeah. do you know what I mean? Like the like Fiji stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. Little island. But that's like a proper nicely well drawn. Mm. Yeah. Um So that's the Thunder Dragon. Yeah. Um the white no, the yellow it symbolizes the royal family. Mm-hmm. Um and in fact, the king of Bhutan, Emperor of Bhutan, king, always wears a yellow sash because it's the royal colour. Ah, have you seen the crown? No, I imagine it's dank. Annoyingly, I haven't put it on there. But um, Google it. Google it, kids. No, I know. I know what it looks like. Oh, right. Okay. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's like you know the pointed Mongolian hats. Oh yeah. So it's almost similar to that, but the point is a raven's head. What? Yeah. That's cool. Ravens are the national animal. How is it made, though? It's not an actual 
It probably is an actual stuffed raven. Could be. Well, maybe, could it's just be. A, maybe it's a raven that's trapped inside the hat. <laughs> it doesn't move its head around. That would be amazing. <laughs> Horrible, um, but amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where is it? The Raven Crown today. It's called the Raven Crown. Um, sounds so Game of Thronesy. And the Raven is also locally known as the Jarok. And I think they got that name because of the way they sound. Oh, it's quite onomatopoeic, isn't yeah. it? Um, the orange in the flag, Buddhism. Close that one. Uh, makes a lot of sense. 75% Buddhist. That's so cool. I do. I love that flag. I think it's amazing. Thinking about it, which countries have orange in their flag then? Ireland. Netherlands. Oh, yeah. India. Quite, quite a few. Really? Mexico? Mm. No, they've got red. Yeah. It's like the Italian one, but with a crest in the middle. Oh, which is the one that's like Ireland then? Is it India? Same three colours. Yeah, India's yeah. same, but different. Ivory Coast. Ivory Coast is exactly like Ireland, I think, as well. Hmm. So not very Buddhist countries. No. <laughs> Islands. <laughs> Far from it. <laughs> uh, did you know that there is a place called Paro? Mm-hmm. Yes. You did know? Yes. With the world's most dangerous airport to land on in the world. And... Oh, yeah. Like, probably, like, big airport, I suppose. International, I guess, yeah. Mm, I'm not sure it's international. No, it is. It's the only one, yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Only eight pilots qualify to fly to that airport. <laughs> that seems like a bit of a... I don't know. Like That... I mean, it doesn't help that they were closed off for so long. Like, no, I know, but there's a lot of pilots who haven't been trained to do one of those eight pilots. They're not the eight best pilots in the world. Oh no, no, there'll no. be like infinitely more pilots that would be able to absolutely yeah, nail yeah. that and of make course. it less dangerous. Of course, but you need to like have a license, I guess, to land, land there, and only eight people have it. Uh, but the picture is—it looks like a fairly short runway, I have to say. Uh, <laughs> and at the end of the runway, there's a mountain. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I mean, I mean, but you only, but presumably, you're taking off that way. Well, yeah, you don't know what's on the other side, though. Well, presumably, less of a mountain. Yeah, maybe, but still, I've I've got another fact about the airstrip. Paro Airport is the only wo- only one in the world that the altitude exceeds the length of the airstrip. <sighs> so it must be over three thousand meters high then. I suppose. Oh, at least, yeah. Don't understand. Three kilometres, sorry. Did I say metres? Oh, uh, okay. Right. Yeah, three kilometres so le- Yeah. So it's the altitude is higher than the length of the runway is. That's interesting. Yeah. And what you need to do to get to become a pilot who can land on it? At least you should be able to fly a plane, a plane I suppose. Mm, obviously, yeah. Mm. <laughs> do you reckon? <laughs> you asked. Sorry, that's really dismissive. Should we, should we do some overall... Yeah, reg- facts. all round facts. Education and healthcare is free for all citizens. Nice. Um, and that the, ends... <laughs> the king abdicated the throne for democracy. I heard about this, yeah. Mm. But he can... was very cool. But he can be overthrown, because they still have a, a, a king, but he can be over overthrown by a two-thirds majority vote in parliament. Shit. Yeah. Wish we could fucking do that. Yeah, that'd be nice. 
Bhutan is the first country in the world with specific constitutional obligations on its people to protect the environment. Among its requirements is at least 60% of the nation must remain under forest cover at all times. It's like at around 71% at the moment, so keep it up. Keep it good yeah. job. Pretty cut- sure they banned plastic as well. Yeah, yeah. plastic a- bags. Ages ago. Yeah, not allowed. Uh, the world's only exporter of green energy. Net exporter of green energy. Aren't they the only carbon negative country in the world as they're, well they're a carbon sink yeah yeah so they put more oxygen in the air than they consume yes yes fucking go bhutan they are for all for all of the things that it's got they are sandwiched between the two most populated countries on earth and yet they're really not densely populated no. one of my favorites was bhutanese manners dictate that when you are um, offered food, you have to refuse it three times. Yeah, read about this. Um, and the tradition is to say the words meshu meshu and cover your mouth with your hands. You can give in, uh, though, only after two or three offers. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it's, I like that. it's to um, just be grateful and stuff like that. Bhutan? But, sorry? What? No? That tradition is to it's just to be grateful and stuff. But you have to do it every single time. It'd be really annoying, yeah. I reckon with your mum, she's probably like, oh. Go on, stay out of it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, the birthdays. All citizens officially become a year older on New Year's Day. If people forget their birthday due to illiteracy or some other reason, it's easier to remember it by celebrating on New Year's. Bhutanese give more than uh, more priority to year than month or date, hence the tradition. Do they do that in South Korea as well? They have like three different birthdays. Do they? Yeah. Because some people... A one when they're born. So you start at one. Right. Some people, you start at one and then get a year older at the new year. So if you're born on December 25th... Wait, you start one years old? Yeah, you start at one. But that's not how... Well, it's how, well, it's how works. Well, you tell that to the Koreans, Ed. You just offend the whole country. And some people use the Western... Which I think is what you're alluding to, Western. Um, <laughs> I'm alluding uh, to age age system. Yeah. So you could, in theory, if you were a week old, you be could two. be two. Yeah, you could be two. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. That's strange. Uh, in Bhutan, has a mandatory national dress code. Oh yes. Yeah. It's not makes it sound like everyone has to wear the same thing, but only if you go into certain buildings like government buildings or st- any state-owned and operated buildings, men and women have to wear... Men must wear traditional knee-length garments and women must wear traditional ankle-length dresses, the colours of which give away someone's social class and status. Oh, I'm not sure I like that last bit. Uh, no, me neither. Um, but that's why those people got expelled, because they were the... They didn't follow this, because this is all based on traditional Bhutanese ones. Yeah, they try and tr- preserve them, the traditional values of it. But they try to school. they try to force people who weren't Bhutanese or like these these majority people groups to do it. And they were like, nah. And then the the, the emperor was like, all right, well, tell our boys, better pack your bags. I don't know how I feel about that. Obviously, it's bad kicking people out of your country, but they're they're so focused on keeping tradition. Let's put it this way: if the UK know. banned People wearing burkas. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's bad. I don't think they're banning well, they other don't. clothes. They're just telling Man- them to wear. If someone said you must, you must wear a burqa to work, as opposed to wearing silken garments. I don't mm. know. That's now that you say it from that that way. Then uh, I do feel like France and England are very different. I think the mo- the 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 motive behind would be very different. Obviously, in France yeah. or, or in England, there would be people who hate foreigners and uh and the reason they're keeping foreigners out is to preserve not just the people but the environment and yeah they are setting a trend with being carbon negative or positive one of the two um no, it's positive. carbon positive surely that's carbon negative it's carbon negative basically they do good shit yeah for the environment um and that kind of comes part and parcel with it that it's constitutionalized that you have to like you have to look after the environment yeah but then it's also you need to dress a certain way it's really they look fucking fabulous they do look fabulous it's really it's really it's really hard because obviously you want your you want what you think is your culture to be sort of maintained and preserved in in some good way but it's really easy to both become harmful Mm -hmm. and sort of toxic and then if you do it's so easy to be sort of washed away by like global sort of hegemonic cultural sort of conventions. That yeah. It's a really hard tight walk, tight walk to rope. And if you try to protect it, you might be seen as you know, very reactionary. But they they have limits on tourism numbers. Yes, I wanted to talk to... to you about that because I figured maybe you'd know. Uh, because I heard about it, I just never really bothered to read about it. How hard is it to get into Bhutan as a tourist? Not that hard. A, you need money, but you need to be invited in and you have a designated guide. Okay, so it's like a, a British passport holder going to Iran, for example. They need a guide 24-7. A, l- a little bit, but not quite as stringent as that. Yeah. It, it seems a bit more like they take a back seat. So I was reading up on some itineraries the other day, um, and it's like you have the afternoon off to wander around this town. You can go and do that, not necessarily with a guide. Okay. Um, and also, the, the whole thing So about there's no nanny taking care of you constantly? No. But you not constantly, but it's... You're on a tour. You're on a tour, yeah. Yeah. And also, the whole thing about the tax of, like, apparently it's like a $250 tax per day tax of being in there. Per day? doesn't quite work like that. You just... the Basically, the $250 per day has to be the cost of your trip and the guide. So it, you pay it to the, mm, the tour agency or you pay it to the state and they pay it to the tour agency. I see. And then, so the guide's included in that? Yeah, Maybe and, and the, itiner- the visa. And the itinerary, normally. And the visa, yeah. yeah. Okay. And sometimes the hotel stays, depending on where you stay. I see. Okay. That's, that's so so it's, a, it's a little more, like, more understandable. It's, more, yeah. it's right. more like a minimum spend per day, I guess. But I love the fact that they're limiting numbers. To how much? How like, many? I don't know what the actual figures are, but... Well, be about be about 20 more when we're finished with them yeah keep your eyes peeled that's one yeah we're looking at what we've <laughs> yeah. said we're, we're looking at doing something there which would be thick so they're all my oh Bhutanese love their king the king is known for his humble personality and humanitarian efforts um, and he's called the people's king his majesty Jigme Kesar Jigme Kesar 
has met almost every citizen in the country and loves to talk to people personally about their problems. How many citizens are there? Uh, I don't actually know. I didn't look at this. 857,000. It's bigger than Luxembourg. Not by much, but I've not met the Grand Duke. Yeah, well, it's because yeah. he's a, a liar, isn't he? Well, he's all, he's all <laughs> being all snooty. <laughs> no, it's not like it's the prime minister. It's the prime minister. Oh, then. Oh, sorry, it's like, Grand Duke. He's, yeah, he's, no, probably, the... he's probably up in his little in his mansion, playing with his moon gems and drinking drinking fine caviar Wine. and munching on ambergris. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure that's like. what hangs up to. What's his name? Well, the, his name is Henri. But Henry, uh, Henri, Henry. What's but in Luxembourg, as you say, hang, hang, hang. That's just a Luxembourgish way of saying. What's his no one calls him hang. That's more like the colloquial way of. Hmm? What's, What's his surname? Um, Nassau, I think. De Nassau. Hmm. Oh. Henry Nassau. Yeah. Nice. While we're on this picture of these beautiful ladies, um, I did want to touch upon how. They, they're very progressive with, um, well, ladies in Bhutan. It's quite a matriarchal society in general, like with inheritance of homes and things like that. It goes straight to the girls. If if and when someone gets married, the man moves into the woman's house. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so they head the families. They run businesses from shops to farms. And, um, yeah, they're... They're big boss. They're the big boss. They uh, provide more labor than labor than men in all sectors of the economy. Sounds like Bhutanese men are just lazy. Yep. But what is it? Is it just the opposite of here? In which case, it's not necessarily good either. Or no, they're they're kind of actively like promote. Well, actually, um, where was it? There was, in 1981, the government founded National Women's Association of Bhutan to improve the socioeconomic status of women ah, in so it's rural been improved, areas. basically. But the association, at its inaugural session, declared that it would not push for equal rights for women because the women of Bhutan had already come to enjoy equal status with men politically, economically, and socially. That's great. Yeah, and that was in the 80s. There's something um, a history teacher told me I've never forgot. In Luxembourg, there's um, a Ministry of Equal Rights for Women. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, it's cool. And he was like, no, it's not. Because the need for one is the problem. You shouldn't need the Ministry for Equal Rights. And I was like, oh, shit, yeah. That's a very good point. But then how are you going to get it without one? Well, yeah, no, obviously, so. but you have to get there. Well, yeah, it's like all... But it's crazy to, to not be there, is it's what like I mean. Some, someone said that all, all charity is a lack of state, state interference. All charity? Yeah. Like, all, like do, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the, exist- the existence of it represents a gap in the state. Yeah. I guess, yeah. Speaking of which... But is, is that wrong? I, mean, I was going for a segue, and you bastard. Um, and <laughs> uh, under law, uh, in Bhutan, mariners are, are foreigners are forbidden... To marry Bhutanese, uh, polygamy is legal. Is it completely forbidden, or are they like ways uh, inside inside the country? Big no no. I'm sure you can like cohabit, but so I'm guessing it's frowned upon. Um, homosexuality is prohibited by law. 
that's changed. Yeah, I think Has it's it been changed? de. Yeah, yeah. Or oh, maybe oh, it's, it's decriminalized, but it's decriminalized. I retract that statement. Can you uh, fact check? Fact check, Falcon. Yeah, I'm almost sure it's decriminalized. Okay. That's good. Because I remember reading that. Food, Ed. Please. Yeah, you were talking about food earlier and uh, manners and stuff. Um, this is the national dish of Bhutan. And Ooh. this is right up your street, Tom, because you love spicy food, you love spices, and they adore spicy food. I've heard. Um, this is emadachi, spicy mix of chilies and the local cheese known as dachi. Mm. It I looks like a bit watch, of oil and stuff like that. It looks pretty good. I looks watched really the good. Anthony Bourdain episode in Bhutan. Oh, you went... Oh, I have to watch it's that It's so good. So good. And the food just looks incredible. They have momos there. They do have momos oh, God, there. I love momos. And he goes on... Oh, he goes with a film. Are momos not like uh, dumplings? Yeah. yeah, they're like oh, a yeah. T- Tibetan dumpling. They also have... Um, oh, can't... But co- cordyceps? Cordyceps. Cordyceps? The little... They're like the dried fungus that grows on caterpillars. What? Says, That's it's so like specific. A, Never heard of this. It's like a delicacy there. It's one of those ones that turns you into a man, gives you a right solid penis. Gives you a boner. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, fertility. Does it make any longer? No. <laughs> That's all I'm after. <laughs> I could, do you have anything else on food? Because I could do a very no. nice penis. Uh, ah. It's complete. No, actually, you'll be able to do a penis segue, segue after what I'm about to say. Uh, in... <laughs> A different country. <laughs> what a sentence. That'd be good, Ed. <laughs> uh, different country, but when we were in Kyrgyzstan, we went to a supermarket, like a small shop, and we were looking for butter. And we obviously couldn't read anything on the packaging. And we asked this, the, the, the shop owner, who spoke a bit of English, um, which of the two things we found were butter. And he started laughing and he pointed at one of them and he said, I can't remember exactly how he, he phrased it, but he said, this is not butter, this is just to make penis grow or something like that. So we got that and it didn't work. Shit. <laughs> what did it look like? Was it spreadable? It's, yeah, it was, I think it was horse milk butter. I think that's why he said. Um, Some nut butter. And he said, yes, yeah, uh, we'll have to ask... Um, one of our guests that will be on in a few weeks. Uh, who you definitely with. just spread jizz on your yeah, on might your bread. <laughs> the, 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 the three yeah, of us. It, it, it comes out of your out of your dick. <laughs> yeah, it's just whipped sperm. <laughs> the three of us having toast in the tent somewhere in Kyrgyzstan. I love traditional food. <laughs> anyway, penis. Yeah, talk. Let's talk to me about dick. Talking about fertility. There's a giant penis on the screen. Um, so it's a symbol of fertility and good luck, um, and it's been an old tradition. The belief is that it can ward off evil spirits um, and is deeply ingrained in the minds of Bhutanese people, um, and they're even used in place of scarecrows. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> well, like in, uh, the, in a field, like this, yeah, just yeah. this massive knob. Just a massive knob. Interesting. Um, and they can vary from bright yellows, pastel pinks, sometimes hairy, sometimes enveloped by a dragon, dragon spitting fire. Um, what, so a dragon... Riding a dick that's spitting fire. Yeah. Ooh, that's my next tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, and That'd some, be a good flag as well. Some with piercing eyes and some even ejaculating. So obviously here we've got a penis that says welcome on it with some uh, piercing sort of eyes. Seductive eyes. It, it, it actually says well, come. There's a bit of a space. Oh yeah. It's a bit odd. That is odd. It's got very nice eyes. And if, um, for some reason, put a comma after the E and come. 
Um, oh well, mate, you don't know yeah, what's on well, the other side. Come, yeah. You don't know what's on the other side. Maybe there's the rest of the sentence. It could be. I really like the scarecrows. I think it's brilliant. Scare knobs. It's weird because ravens are the national animal, and they're using big dicks to scare them off. Um, so the story, well. The origin of the penises uh, dates back to the 15th century um, and the arrival... I'm pretty sure they are penises before. Yeah, I guess, but not with piercing eyes. No, and... they didn't just sprout, did they? <laughs> so it dates back to the 15th century arrival of an eccentric and maverick Tibetan saint or lama called Drup- Drukpa Kunli. And he is believed to have shot an arrow from uh, Tibet to mark a new spot to spread his teachings. And the arrow landed close to uh, the present-day site of a... Well, it's where his temple stands. And that's how he ended up in Bhutan. And while he was searching for the arrow, he chanced upon a young girl who believed in his cause and, pleased with her loyalty, he spent the night with her and blessed her with his offspring. Blessed in quotation marks. His travels across the kingdom revealed him, uh, revealed to him the strict ways of the clergy and their unwavering adherence to the orthodox societal norms. And with his pledge to rid the people of their conventional ways, he set out to spread the true teachings of Buddha, his philandering ways and the sexual overtones in his often outlandish actions earned him the nickname the Divine Madman. With his bawdy poetry, titillating humour and wine-induced sermons, he deliberately shocked people into questioning the establishment and overthrowing traditions. With his dick. He's basically a, like a hippie, a bit. Yeah. With a... Bit dodgy as well. With a dick, yeah. Sounds like a bit of a sex offender. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lama Kunle, using his flaming thunderbolt of wisdom to subjugate a demon... Oh, wait, wait, hang on. Yeah. So he used his flaming thunderbolt of wisdom to subjugate a demon. Is that his uh, penis's nickname? Or? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. I bet it feels like a flaming thunderbolt when he pisses. Um, to subjugate a demoness named Loro Duem, who terrorised all those who dared to pass by her. So when he heard about her exploits, he began to hunt her down and chased her out of Dokula to the current site of Chimi Lakang Temple. The fleeing demoness transformed herself into a dog to avoid being caught. And he but, fucked it too. But Kunli recognised her, killed her and buried her in the hill. Uh, in the hill. Um... But there's lots of uh, other anecdotes about this uh, this man. One of them states, upon being gifted a holy thread to tie around his neck, he decided to instead to use it to adorn his penis, shockingly stating that he hoped it would bring him some luck with the ladies. Um, like, a, like a cock ring. Yeah. And this is why quite a few of the current paintings have ribbons around the dicks. Oh. Um, and then there's another story about how he just supposedly pissed on a holy scroll. I, I don't know I don't know I don't know if, if you both agree with me on this, but this this character and these tales are crying out to be animated. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Oh, what what was his name? What did, what did I call him at the start? The uh, Thund- Thunder the Dick. Divi- no, the Divine Madman. Uh, the Divine Yeah, Divine Madman. Like that. That's yeah. good. Divine Madness. Walking around with his flappy knob. Um, so and he was like a, a lad. Bit of a lad, yeah, he was a lad. Bit of a lad, eh? Well, look at me, I'm going to tie his finger on my dick. (laughs) Um, While he wasn't widely accepted during his time, today he's worshipped for his bold ways and for the essence of his teachings. Push against, well, go against the norms. He started off, I thought, sounds like a bit of a rapist. Um, 
Well, it's still sounds, so even at the end of it, he's still he's a, he's a revered figure in Bhutan, so I should probably rein it in a bit. <laughs> well, the, the woman that he... <laughs> there um, you go, banned in Bhutan. Well, he philandered, and he went with it, and people admire him for his philandering ways. Oh, it's cool. It's nice. Um, I, and there are dicks everywhere. Yeah, I've seen a couple of videos where, like, every shop has... Dicks on you have either, either side like of everything. doorways, like above doorways, like these lovely penis arches. Some are like coming out of the wall by like two or three feet. I hope they have like for tourists like snow globes with a penis inside. They must that'd be do. so good. They must do. Yeah, that'd be great. So yeah, they love dicks. They love dicks. And ironically, you're not allowed to love a dick if you've got one. Another one's dick. Uh, another person's dick. Yeah, other people's dicks. Ah, right. Um, and that sticks for you. Wow. Thank you. I don't, I don't know where to go from there. No. I feel... I dicks. Feel, I Should feel... we talk about how good they are for the world? Like, I mean, we already touched upon... Dicks? Their environment. I mean, no, dicks are terrible for the world. Oh, this envi- yeah, environmentalism? you got some quality environmentalism stuff. I've got bits and bobs, um, but I've just been yammering on about mine for a little bit, so... Well, I'll tell you about something that is actually pretty good. So they've got a huge mountain called Gankar Puensum. Oh, yeah. I heard about this place. Which is the highest mountain in, in Bhutan. Uh, 7,570 meters, which is a lot. It's, it's a lot. I didn't, don't have any feet, sorry. Uh, no one's actually been able to climb to the peak, um, like ever, uh, because... Before 1987, people tried, but they just couldn't because maps were a bit too shit, apparently, and stuff like that, and other mountain-related issues. And after 1987, it was more of a bureaucratic issue because it's illegal to climb that mountain. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a sacred spot, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Banned it. So no no one's ever climbed it, and uh, it looked actually... Stupid. I've got a picture of this mountain. I should have put it up. Oh, shit. Um, that is a big mountain. Which yeah. one is it? The one on the left? On, well, on, whichever on, one's, whichever one next to me. highest. I don't know, honestly. I feel like the one next to me is probably higher because it's further away and looks about the same, but this picture looks might cranky. be... It's craggy. I don't know, but it is a big-ass mountain, and um, it looks beautiful. It is a beautiful country, to be fair. Mm. Um, very mountainous, obviously, because it's in the Himalayas. I think the big one of the big things that... I think everyone knows about Bhutan, or at least knows a little bit about Bhutan, is um, that they're one of the only countries in the world that um, uses measures its country by gross national happiness. Heard about this? Yeah, I have, but I've done the specifics. So, oh, go ahead. Uh, so, gross national happiness is a measure of the economic and moral progress that the King of Bhutan introduced in the 1970s. It's an alternative to gross domestic product. Rather than focusing on strictly quantitative economic measures, gross national happiness takes into account an evolving mix of quality of life factors. So it's stated that if the government cannot create happiness for its people, there is no government. And that was in Bhutan's first ever legal code, written in 1729. So gross national happiness is sort of like a continuation of of that. Um, Just given a futuristic name. Yeah. Um, So... Gross national happiness is involved in every single aspect of the law that is put into force in Bhutan. So it's considered what will be the effect of overall 
happiness with this sort. So it's very like utilitarian. Yeah, so basically the the opposite of how the UK handled the COVID pandemic. Where they were like, okay, how do we not damage our GDP? Yeah. They would be like, okay, how do we not damage our G G N H? Yeah. Um so there are there are four pillars of GNH. Um, good governance, sustainable development, preservation and promotion of culture, and environmental conservation. Gotcha. It's so it's, it's yeah. beautiful. Um, Something at the future, and it's constitutionally enshrined in Bhutan that they must consider uh, gross national happiness. I think the biggest shame is that it's such a small country. Yeah. Imagine if this was China, like the world Change would the world. be completely different. Yeah. Or, I mean, any of the European countries, let's not pretend like we're good. But I mean, obviously, they've got a good starting point, but they're a perfect model of what can be achieved. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a, good, a great example of what happens if you, if you get your priorities straight yeah. and then realise there's more to work life than just accumulating wealth. That time of the week again... We've changed things up a little bit this time, though. Um, so, obviously, this is the uh, Alpha Guest House International Edition, brought to you by the Alpha Guest House, Bristol's premium guest house accommodation and residential complex. Alpha Guest House. Thank you. Um, a <laughs> little bit different this time. It's really hard to find bad hotels in... Uh, the happiest place on earth. <laughs> in, in the happiest place on earth. Um, Good point. So, there are there are a few. This one's This one's got annoyingly a high score it's got three and a half out of five which sounds adequate and is that the lowest that's the lowest the i can find with lots of uh lots of reviews but what what makes this one stand apart is that the owner of the hotel has responded to the terrible ones so we get to we get to hear alpha guest house <laughs> the fight back <laughs> um I like it so i think this is like this one don't know who this is from Palbini M uh, said, appalling management. We have we reached the hotel in the afternoon after traveling for nearly 12 hours. There was no electricity in the hotel. Apparently, they don't have backup facilities and no alternative arrangement for lights in the room. Given that they are not, they are a two or three star hotel, we are not expecting five star treatment. However, they gave us a room on the fourth floor where there was no water. When we highlighted this this issue to management they mentioned that they might not be able to allocate a room right away on account of other bookings at the hotel so they asked us to check after two hours if they can go back the management expected us to wait to use the washroom washroom after that attitude of the management is appalling either the management is mentally challenged or they are completely ignorant on how to treat guests they expect us to understand their situation without any empathy for what we have been through over the last 12 hours. We strongly advise people to avoid this place. There are much better places in this city. Who the fuck is that guy? Yeah, know, Sounds a bit entitled. I'm going to respond to <laughs> that. Yeah, so. What a dick. Um, Go on, get him. Get him, hotel manager. <laughs> oh, no, this one's actually a really nice response. Oh. It says, thank you for reviewing our property. I'm sorry to hear of your dissatisfaction with hotel. However... On 4th of May, Bhutan was unexpectedly hit by the effects of a cyclone, which resulted in heavy rainfall in the morning. I apologise for the shortcomings of of the only power supplier in the nation since they took longer than expected for necessary repairs, as the whole substation was apparently flooded with rainwater. 
You must have noticed the power outage in nearby areas, including the Royal Textile Museum that you had visited prior to checking in. We also asked you to change room because of this. This reason, as, the fourth, as on the fourth floor, we use electric pumps. Hope you understand us and the position we are in as the situation is situated as you faced as our, as our guest. We are sorry. Hoping to visit you next time. <laughs> I like the little that was those one little peak. <laughs> one little... Yeah, so, I've got another review where you, 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 where the owner goes in ham. Oh, um, cool. Okay. For one, this this review seems like a right piece of shit, doesn't it? I think we yeah. all, can all agree. I w- I was going to say let's say the hotel and give give them you know to all the five listeners out there go go to this hotel. But if he's being sassy in another one, I can't wait. Um, so this is worst experience in Timpool. Uh, as a family of eight ch- eight adults, two children, we took three rooms, three day, three <laughs> day, wait, two wait, night wait, wait. in in uh, Amahad. Amad- did you say wait, eight, eight adults in yeah. two children? Yeah. Oh, Sorry, yes. Yeah, don't, don't ask too many questions. Um, the resort looks good, but in reception, the receptionist, Miss Indira, well trained in insulting the Indians and children, <laughs> does not have hospitality <laughs> and very rude. Well trained. Yeah. It's like the pilots; they have to go to school. Does does have ego? So, in short, very disappointed by experiencing Am Amodhara. So, wait, there, she had she named. Yeah, that was the receptionist. receptionist who's that was the hotel. Amodhara. No, but there was wasn't there in the name. Was it a bit of sass? What was the name? Uh, worst experience in Timpu. Oh, Miss Indira. Oh, I was thinking no. endearing. No, no, never mind. So, the response. This is a good one. Hello, sir. I think you and your group have a lot of ego and attitude and knows how to make a small thing into a big issue if someone goes against you. What you mean by Miss Indira insulted you is that she never, she is all never present in reception is not a receptionist just because she requested you to control your kids as they were running and other guests got disturbed you all hanged up the target to insult her in TripAdvisor in fact you people had threatened us saying you will do so and you did so I trunk I guess that's think you people have egos and attitude if you are here to enjoy your trip and just let go or have a one-to-one discussion and it done but you people know how to make small thing into big issue and put someone's image down just because she opened her mouth. If have further issue, just give us your number or call us. We want to know. We want to now talk to you guys. Uh, are you just making this TripAdvisor platform as your personal blog to write whatever you want and insult someone? I'm I'm on his side. I'm kind of yeah on the hotel side because I can what? imagine what kind of like I can imagine that scenario. The way that he described it is like. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on possible, his team. Yeah. yeah, me too. Then there's another, there's another one afterwards, which is written by someone in the same party. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Let's. What's the name of the hotel? Five listeners go stay at. <laughs> so this this place is called the Hotel Amodhara. It looks stunning. It does. Get um, that man a beer. And uh, yeah, buy buy Miss Miss Indira uh, a pint. And a glass of wine. Um, <laughs> Bring a bunch of dicks. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't be dicks. Don't be dicks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so maybe maybe I I should I should take this off the the Alpha Guest House list international. But, well, um, if the, no no because the it is the worst rated hotel with reviews of the country, and we can see why it was 
poorly reviewed because they had some dickheads go and stay there. Power shortage. What are we going to do? National National Grid went down. (laughs) Because of a cyclone. You under... Yeah. It's probably also the reason why they had a horrible 12-hour trip. (laughs) They can can go sit on a dick. Not in a happy way. (laughs) So one of those bad ones that's like spitting Shining Fury or something. Yeah, with a a dragon wrapped around it. Yeah, yeah. Dragon dick. Um... (laughs) So yeah, that I was did. good. I, I like that. That's I, I, he came at it from a different angle. I love it. I love when the the hotel owners or the restaurant owners bite back. I think that's thing. that's another thing that we could look into in the near future. <laughs> hotel back clap, clap back. Yes, right. To be fair, as an owner, I would be pissed if someone just like lied like that. Like if it was a lie, I'd just be like, I, I used. To, the I, fuck are you doing? Honestly, mate, I I used to, when I used to work in in catering when I was a chef. I I started just as TripAdvisor was becoming a thing, and my my head chef used to sweat over bad TripAdvisor reviews, Fuck. to the point at which he used to like, oh, I might have to change my menu. I'm like, no, they're fucking idiots. Ignore them. <laughs> Whoever um, gave those morons a voice, they don't deserve it. They're no. fucking idiots. If I owned like my own business, like a hotel, and someone was giving me bad reviews, I would definitely be one of those. Oh shit! The one in Morocco, that lady. Oh, that French. Yeah, yeah. God. She, she was definitely one of those people, and we spent a while looking at. She was so mean. She was just the meanest lady ever for no reason, and she was that type of person that would was. Was just... she a hotel owner? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And she like responded to every bad review, and then um, because we were working with her, I was trying really hard to just be like, uh huh, yes, that's okay, that's okay. And unfortunately, I brought Carlos with me, who has no filter, no oh, filter with God, that. Yeah, and he, he was just like, he just went to fucking town on her. <laughs> and it was clearly the first time she'd ever been spoken to like that. So she was like, <laughs> didn't know what to do <laughs> and then she, started apologising. Did she get her husband to come in and shout at us? Did he? I think so, yeah. I thought she was single. No, she had a husband. He used yeah. to sit around, drink wine and smoke all day. <laughs> yeah, he did. Keeping up the stereotypes. Wouldn't be welcome in Bhutan. No. But yeah, I I would definitely be that person. I nearly, I mean, I nearly did it with that Finnish guy. But I don't understand why, because that was a good comment. I was talking to Ash, who's coming on the podcast soon. um, And he was like, you could have got him in to fact check the uh, Finnish episode. Call him the fact checking Finn. Would have been perfect. Would have been perfect. We can do a sec. We can can outsource Mm. this. Just call it fact check friends. Oh, yeah. And you, you call in and you, you. If you think we're full of shit, oh, let God. us know. Yeah. <laughs> Not on TripAdvisor, though. No, no. I don't, oh, please, I still please keep liking yeah, and stuff. Like, push up in the algorithm. <laughs> Even if you think we're shit, push us up. Because like. uh, you've just got bad taste and other people need to hear about it. <laughs> okay, so this guest story comes in from my good friend Nat Skolsky. So she sent us in uh, a story about something that happened to her in Thailand. Okay, so my story is from Chiang Mai in Thailand. My cousin gifted me a massage for my 30th birthday, and she selected this chain of misuses that are solely run by rehabilitated female convicts. Cool, that sounds cool, yeah. Yeah, Progressive. 
Um, so we booked the three-hour treatment, which was lovely, and I really honestly couldn't recommend them enough. It was the best massage I've ever had in my life, and for a bargain price. We previously had some massages whilst we were in Thailand, as they are so cheap, and most places you go to, you strip down and put the paper panties on. So we walked into this room that is decked out for a couple of massage for couples massages, and the masseuses didn't speak a word of English and just shut the door on us, leaving us alone. So we were like, okay, well, what now? Where are the uh, paper panties? So we both managed to convince each other that they were just meant to strip off and lie on the bed. Um, and the Thai ladies walked back in screaming in horror and shouting, no, 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 no. Which is just what every young woman uh, wants to see, wants someone's reaction to be whilst lying starkers on the massage table. They gestured to a big pile of garments on the other end of the room, which we just thought were a pile of towels. And we realized we're meant to put on the rope type pajamas. They didn't leave for us and they just stood there awkwardly while we had to get dressed. They then proceeded to laugh and mock our incompetence in Thai for about half an hour. But the massage was amazing. Aww. That was kind of sweet in the end, but... So also... they had to, to walk... So I suppose if you're on a massage table, you can't really see anything because you're lying down, right? So they yeah. had to get up. Get up naked, scramble over, <laughs> get the clothes in the corner. That's a bit That's awkward. Yeah. Oh, but a really cool program. Love the sound of that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Western men get a bit of a thrill being like, "Oh, I got a massage by an ex-con"? Oh, she's a convict. Yeah. Probably. People yeah. who watch bad girls. I on mean, TV when they grew up. The Western men that go to Thailand are possibly the worst Western men of all. That was a great guest story. That was excellent. Uh, Thank you, Nat. Yeah. Good job, Nat. And uh, I hope you've. Uh, Regain your self-confidence after that, after that episode. Um, <laughs> if you've got any stories, send them in. Yeah, please do yeah, send them in. Up, Instagram, comments, voice message, written, whatever you want. Send it over, y'all. I'm trying to think of a really good segue into my next bit, but oh, all I've got is like really hairy. I don't want to insult someone I've not really met. Um, I'm, I'm so confused. Yeah. Well, because there's a really hairy <laughs> thing in, in Bhutan that... Uh, I need to talk about. Oh, that's the guy. <laughs> big one this week. One of the big cryptozoology. Crypt- I'm cryptids. sure this is not what Nat looked like. No. Well, not her. No. Um, <laughs> this uh, is probably the most famous one. Uh, yeah. This is the top, only one top, I knew about. Sasquatch, so. Bigfoot. Yeah, top three. The Abominable Snowman and, and the Loch Ness, Ness Monster. Monster. And the Yeti. There we go. One of the big crypto cryptid primates, potentially. Um, this, of course, is the Yeti, which apparently means that thing, or rock animal, or small man-like animal. It's from the Sherpa word, Yeti, um, which sounds like a northerner. <laughs> Yeti! <laughs> What's that over there? I think it's a Yeti. <laughs> um, That's fun. Is, uh, so it's a cryptid giant hominid reportedly primarily from the Himalayan mountains of Nepal, Tibet, China, Bhutan, and India. Um, as, well, as well as much of Central Asia, Russia, <laughs> and, uh, and Mongolia. Uh, Sorry, I'm just laughing at that. Asia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been watching a lot of Matt Berry recently. <laughs> I watched the wolf one before I went to bed last night. It's just brilliant. Um, so most of us know what what yetis look like, or at least we think we know what they look like. Uh, big, 
but like Sasquatch, they're like yetis. You say what's a yeti look like, people tell you it's a yeti. Um, <laughs> there are th actually, <laughs> thank you, Tom. <laughs> three distinct varieties of yeti have been identified by cryptozoologists. Like that's a real fucking. There's three subspecies. <laughs> yeah, no varieties. Varieties. Uh, the small ten tetma, uh, which is reportedly found in warmer valleys, but generally human-sized. Mette, uh, and the classic Yeti. I'm not sure where these are taxonomical, taxonomical names. Um, <laughs> and there's the giant Dudzuta. Sounds like a Starbucks offering of uh, size of drinks. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is in some the ways. The Venti Yeti. Um, <laughs> so, so the smaller type, the the Tele, is uh, between three foot and four foot in height, reddish grey hair and a pointed sloping head. They're said to inhabit more warmer parts, forested mountains, below the snow uh, the snow line in Bhutan. And that's tiny, three foot, four foot. Yeah, tiny. three foot, four foot. Three subways. Or yeah. Four. Or four. They feed on small animals. Um, some people think it's just a juvenile or a female regular yeti. Ooh. Or it's just traveling between the valleys. So it goes down to the out of the snow, hops over the valley, back up. I mean, if it was brown, reddish fur in the snow, a bit stupid, isn't it? Yeah. Unless they, unless they like molt a coat or change their color. Yeah. Um, so the big yeti, it's meant to be a quadruped, but it can be known to walk bipedally. That's what I heard all the time. Well, apparently they can walk on all fours. Known for its attacks <laughs> on yaks, which it kills by grabbing the horns and twisting the head. Yes. Um, do you think you could take down a yak? No. Ed? No. Okay. Oh no. <laughs> um, though, um, though many other researchers see it as an ape. Some people think it was um, a bear, but people believe it's an ape. The biggest one is called uh, Nyalmo. Said to be thirteen to twenty foot high. It's <laughs> a lot of subways, Ed. There's uh, a lot. What's of that, high, what's that in meters? meters? Um, six meters. That's pretty. So that's three four, times me. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, what? With an enormous conical head. Oh, I suppose they've got conical heads, haven't they? Yeah. Um, they feed on yaks, mountain sheep, possibly humans, and wander the eternal snows of altitudes above 13,000 feet. Above snows. Um, how much landmass is available above 13,000 feet? Well, they've probably, got very limited space to live. Well, there's probably not that many yetis. And he's not allowed up one of the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. Well maybe, well, maybe that's where he breathes. that's why they're not allowed up there. Why? Exactly, that's exactly the plot of the film Troll Hunters. Oh, is it? Well, sort of. It's a conservation <laughs> spot. Yeah, because it's like, that's... Have you seen that film before? No. no. Oh, I'm not going to spoil it. It's great. Um, the end. Um, uh, don't make sense. Love, I'd love Yetis to be real. Oh, uh, I'd really love them everyone, to be real. Everyone would. Yeah. I'd love um, them all to be real. I like in this in this picture next to Ed's little head. There's a few little mountain climbers. Yeah, just, just having a little play. This is a pretty cool picture, to be fair. It is really cool. And there's two, back to back. They look a bit confused. Or they're just in a mirror, and you've got the view of the the mountain climbers. Oh God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just realised that. Wow, that's terrifying. Yeah, I do like a yeti. Love a yeti. Where, yeah. Where's Where's Yeti rank on your favourite uh, crypto? Oh, it's top crypto. Up top. Number, number one? Yeah, number one, because right. it's the most famous. It's the only one I really knew apart from the Loch Ness one, but we've been over the, uh, that subject. Bigfoot. Um, 
I feel like Bigfoot's the same thing. Yeah, I didn't know there was a kind. different region though. Where's Bigfoot? Bigfoot's America. America's, oh, yeah. okay. I didn't even know they had their own thing. So, from... never heard of Bigfoot. No, I thought it was the same thing. Sasquatch. I think that's the Bigfoot, though, isn't it? Sam Squanch. Sam Squanch, yeah. It's um, a fucking Sam Squanch. And I'm guessing the Yeti is the abominable snowman as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. And also, okay. the, well, the Yeti is the most likely to be real. Like, I don't know about that, Ed. I don't know. A two-year-old's not very feet. Okay, no, but the, the small, the, the the normal version, like the small version, the yeah. I mean, it's not a ghost. Yeah, and it's not like a you know. That was more of a myth than a ghost, wasn't it? And that's more of a an actual thing that's sighted. I mean, people say they sighted it. Oh, did you read recently that there's been a new photographic, quote-unquote, evidence of the Loch Ness Monster? No. Yeah, no. someone snapped something in the lake. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it wasn't the fucking Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> <laughs> um, While we're on the subject of hairy things, boom. Ooh. This is the Takin, um, also the national animal of Bhutan. Another goat-looking thing. Yeah, but this one looks like a cow as well and it's very muscular. Yeah. It's a lot more... Plus, you know, you're saying you're, you're more confident in taking down an antelope. No, well, yeah. Well, compared to this... this is a goat antelope. Gantelope. Gantelope. Goat gantelope. Uh, initially, it was thought to be a mythological creature, but... I can see why. It looks yeah. like a Greek, like... Strong Roman nose. <laughs> <laughs> I like the horns. Very beautiful. It does look like a Greek mythical creature, doesn't it? Yeah. For those uh, listening, uh, how do you describe it? It's literally like, it's built like a cow. It's, yeah, it's got the front end of a, of a cow and the back end of like a Staffordshire Bull Terrier on, on roids. <laughs> it's massive. It doesn't have yeah. a tail. It's really odd that it doesn't have a tail. Do you not? I, I, it will have a, a short tail. It's just probably oh. like tucked under or something. But yeah, they, they've got very bizarre head there's no definition to their nose at all Almost the head looks, looks like, like a, a moose marmot. what i can see what you both mean <laughs> imagine a marmot and a moose combined in its head and then put a staffordshire it's actually in, in general like even the body is quite similar to, to a moose i want to say because it's quite i see that built. But I, i'm looking at the back end of this one and i think oh it could be like a really big hyena that hind quarter. It looks like it's like <laughs> divided in half, really. Yeah. Colours as well. The back is more black and the front is more white. For those of you listening, uh, good luck trying to understand what the we're animal doing. called a tacken. Um, as I said, national bird is a raven. Cypress is the national tree. Quality tree. You're going to like this, Tom. Bhutanese people aren't allowed to kill any animals or birds. Why would I not like? <laughs> because you eat meat. And you hate birds. Yeah, but <laughs> that's the answer. <laughs> uh, they take the environmental conservation pretty seriously, um, but they do eat meat quite a lot. But the law comes from traditional values of Buddhist teaching, which prohibits the killing of any li li living organism. How so they just I... order it in from India. They do. They order it in from from other countries. Oh, well, that that's one way to get rid of the problem. Yep. Um, Deliveroo. Lamb I, from India. I read that if you kill the black-headed crane or stork, crane, crane, you can get a lengthy prison sentence. Life. That's specific. That's that's, that's the lengthiest. It's um, yeah, <laughs> it's um, sacred. It's like a very sacred bird in in Buddhism. 
Also, we've not we've not even talked about any of the mountaintop temples. Like this temple of like the Tiger Claw Temple. Have you got a picture of that? That one. Boom. Yeah, that one's bonkers. That's it probably is. the most famous place in, in yeah. Bhutan. If you Google Bhutan or any video ever, ever made in Bhutan will have that temple. It's like on the side of a mountain. Like it's a like cave. a 900 meter drop, isn't it? On one side. It or looks beautiful. Stunning, yeah. I suppose you kind of yeah, have or... to trek a little bit that like to get there. I mean, I don't know how accessible it is. Uh, Haven't they got one of the largest um, seated Buddha statues as well? In the world. I have no clue. Yeah. It, I th- I'm saying this is going to have to be fact-checked, but I think it's around 50 metres. Wow. That could be a lie, now that you've That's both reacted lot. like that. It's pretty 50, tall. 50 metres, yeah. It's 150 oh. subways, roughly. That's about one, one, one quarter of Mr Patel. <laughs> um, I'll fact-check that, but I, I do remember it being very, 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 very big. I've, I've got a very quick-fire, non-related fact about Bataan. Go on. Not one single traffic light. Oh, yes. That's true. There was one put in. Got it, it down. Yeah, got everyone got really upset by Public it. Public outcry. What is this shit? We just got used to televisions. North Korea's only got one. Really? Yeah. It's just everyone else stop. It's just frozen. Um, yeah, well, you wouldn't want to run a red do, light do in North you, Korea, would you? No. Do you know the roundabout situation in Bhutan? Um, I don't know, actually. That's a good point. Um, okay. One would hope... That have round roundabouts. Developed, geometrical, <laughs> orderly. But I love the fact they have a traffic officer at each intersection. Yeah, it's brilliant. Keeps keeps people employed as well. Yeah, and happy. Well, I think you really, they're employed. Well, what if it's raining? They might have an effect on the what happiness if what if index. It's really rainy and really windy. <laughs> the type, uh, oh, there's, there's a cyclone. A cyclone's coming through town, and they're like, "All right, you got to get out and do your job." And, but if you don't do it, you're gonna have loads of car crashes. So it's really you'd think in that in that circumstance you could just outsource it to like a temporary traffic light for a bit. Yeah, like know. a pop up. Pop up traffic light. Or just maybe there, it's not allowed to you're not allowed to drive in a cycle. <laughs> yeah, it's probably easy just to keep everyone home. Yeah. Good point. So there are a lot of different species in Bhutan. I'm not gonna go through all of them, but they've got like four very clear habitats that feature very interesting animals. In the lowlands, you've got the tiger, one-horned rhino, golden langer, clouded leopard, um, and sloth bears. Wait, you said rhino? One-horned rhino, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And then um, chose this weird-looking goat as a national animal? it's the national animal, yeah. I'd like to sit on a committee where they decide uh, <laughs> for every single country. So they got tigers, leopards... Um, bears, snow leopards in the high, the high mountains. But what's really good is only in the last maybe 10, 15 years, they figured out that Bhutan has around, well, it's just over a hundred Bengal tigers spread around the country. Wow. But it's the single like critical link between the tiger populations in Nepal and India, helping keep populations connected and genetically, um, their genetic diversity strong. Amazing. So it's a it's a tiger corridor as well. That's cool. That's Very really cool. Cute. That's all I've got about animals, I think. Yeah. They're a good country. They got cool animals. They do good shit for the environment. They look cool. Got good food. Spicy food. Fascinating. M- much like it's just mysterious, isn't it? 
mm. and and they're keeping it that way, which is which is really. But cool. no, not like in the bad way, not like the North Korea way. Yeah, not like Norway. Not no. Yeah, that's that's nefarious, is it? No, it's not. I love that word though. They're good bastards. They're good bastards. They're not naughty bastards. They're goodies. They're not baddies. They are goodies. Yeah. And they, um, and they appreciate a funny mammal. And one thing that's come in recently is everyone they're they're putting um, some policies in place that everyone in the country should have access to electricity. Yeah. So they're doing loads of like off grid infrastructure, doing nice. solar. Giving loads giving, of hydro, giving people solar panels on their yeah. roofs, like yeah, doing really well. They've just got their first e-vehicle charging points as well, mm. which uh, we intend to be plugging into in the near future. Yeah, much like that monk. <laughs> well, I hope, well, not exactly like that. <laughs> We're not less nefarious. Yeah, less less thunder, electricy. Less thunder, more lightning. Nice. Yeah. Uh, should we choose where to go next? Yeah. After doing research on Bhutan, it is my favourite country, and it's yeah, where you I want to go. Say that every week. I, be- said, I said it about, about Belize and Paraguay. I didn't say it about Paraguay. Maybe I said it about Paraguay. I have no interest in going to Paraguay whatsoever. Really? No. I, of course, I want to go, but no. <laughs> Bhutan is like up there. Oh. Oh Mongolia. shit! Oh. Okay. <laughs> Two okay. weeks ago, <laughs> you said something about, like, you mentioned something about uh, the cryptozoology of Mongolia, oh, yeah. and I said, "Oh one. well, I'll have to wait till then because you're not going to tell me now." You didn't have to wait that long. No. There we go. There we go. Oh, well, it's going to be. I'm going to find out about the second most famous cryptid. <laughs> and still leave you hanging. It's going to be a very bittersweet episode for me. Oh. I think it's going to be the same for all of us. To be I've honest. not been to Mongolia. Yeah, but I've got a visa for, to go and I never went. Oh, I was okay. so close. Yeah. But hey. I'm sure we can dig out some stories for this one as well. See you next week. See yeah, you next ta-ra. week, everyone. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.